Hey there, and thank you for listening to the Dream Center Peoria podcast. Dream Center Peoria exists to impact families living in poverty, starting with kids and youth. If you want to learn more about what we're up to at the Dream Center, you can find us online at dreamcenterpeoria.org or on social media at Dream Center Peoria. Thanks for listening. My name's Andy King, and I'm the executive director of Dream Center Peoria, and I have someone with me. I'm Brian Ulenhop. I'm the development director here at Dream Center. And uh, today, we just wanted to take a little time in uh, just uh, telling everyone about what's going on at the Dream Center here. There's so much going on, Brian, at the Dream Center in many areas, uh, but something that uh, has really been at the forefront for us uh, really in the last six months to eight months in uh, the future development of the Dream Center and especially a ministry that's growing. And so we felt it was, uh, it'd be a good time to talk about that with uh, everyone that listens on the podcast. So why don't you just explain to us what's going on upstairs? Yeah, I mean, anybody who's been around the Dream Center um, has heard so many stories, right, of, of God's hand in the ministry, of how we've started from just this basic heart and so there's so many stories in 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 this building and it feels like we're right in the middle of one right now and what's kind of cool to think about is is this is a story where we don't quite know where it's going but it's a it's a really unique moment for us and that uh, we've put uh, a massive vision out there a massive financial need uh, not a crisis right but it just comes out of this place of man since we have uh, really stepped into the space of 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 serving the homeless and being a homeless shelter, uh, we've seen the need increase. Uh, we've seen the the people that we serve, yeah. which are moms and kids, uh, increase. And we're just at a point where, where we've got to do something about it. Um, and so the vision is let's, let's expand. Let's essentially double the size of our shelter, uh, believing that uh, that space is, yes, number one, going to help us increase the bed count. Uh, but two is going to allow us to do our homeless shelter like we do everything else with dignity, compassion, purpose. And you know, we probably talked about that before on, on, pod, yeah. on, on past podcasts, but that's really Dream Center's method. That's our goal. That's our aim is to just go over the top and love on every single person that comes through our doors with Christ-like love, with dignity, compassion, purpose. And so more than anything, this space is just an opportunity to be able to do that yeah. to, and, and to allow the community now to come in and partner with us and, and be part of that Christ-like dignity, compassion, purpose. Come in and help us have the space to help serve food. Come in and have the, the, the space to just sit down and, 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 and do dinner with folks, to come in and, and read with the kids, to come in and teach life skills. So uh, it's been really exciting to put that vision out there to the community, uh, start to see people's reaction. And, and although the funds all haven't been raised and we're not ready to break ground until they are, you can already see some, some pretty cool things start to come yeah. together. Let's, let's paint the picture for yeah. people. So uh, six years, seven years ago, um, obviously we, had, uh, we were doing all our operations within this building, the Dream Center building. Uh, but uh, four of the floors, uh, we had the YWCA that were renting space uh, in this building. Uh, within that space they were doing a homeless shelter for women an overnight shelter and uh, a program called the village Uh, about six years seven years ago uh, the ywca in peoria went bankrupt 
And so we had to make a decision back then of uh, what, what do we do? Do we, do we make more people homeless uh, or do we take on those programs and really be a light in the community in an area that if that service wasn't there, people would see immediately on the streets? And so uh, back then, we, we'd, we'd never run a, uh, a homeless shelter before, so we were definitely stepping in faith. Um, a bit like 17 years ago, 16, 17 years ago, we'd never run a non-profit either, and we just stepped in faith because that's what God was telling us to do. But, but six years ago, seven years ago, when that all went down, we just knew it was right. We knew it was going to add nearly half a million dollars to the annual budget every year. We knew it was going to um, bring in folks into our story, the Dream Center story, that um, would be hard on both staff and volunteers. The, the stories that come in and the folks that come in through the homeless shelter um, are people who are at the lowest of low and are needing not only hope and help, but are needing Jesus. So we took that on, and over the last six years, we've seen some amazing growth, not only in the homeless shelter, but people rallying around the cause of, of homelessness in Peoria. But then, uh, about a year and a half or so ago, we just started really feeling this pull to go a little bit of a different direction back when we took it on the homeless shelter which was designed for women and children or father and dads was designed for an overnight model so people would show up around eight o'clock at night and then would leave at eight in the morning the hard thing for us was uh we, we couldn't talk to anyone because they were asleep we didn't want to wake people up and and talk to them and, and we couldn't help them either they were leaving by eight o'clock and so about a year and a half ago, something like that, we, we went to 24-7 where no one had to leave at 8 o'clock. Uh, anyone could come in any time of the day. We are a true emergency shelter. And I think, Brian, you could speak into that, especially yeah, with the low-barrier stuff. One of only two low-barrier shelters in the state of Illinois. To explain what that Yes, Yeah, means. so it's us in Rockford. And so low-barrier uh, is really this idea of... Um, uh, we're, we're not going to turn anybody away, right? We're going to put up as few reasons that you can't come here as possible. And it, it goes back to who we serve. We're, we're serving kids and moms. And so, yes, you can create dependency. Yes, people might lean on you. But we just believe there has got to be a safe place for a mom with kids to come, and we're going to be it. So it means that um, no matter what time of the day or night, if somebody's new to homelessness, we're going to take you in. There's no cutoff point. It means that um, there's no waiting list, there's no intake process that's going to slow you down, uh, and it means that um, even if we're bursting at the seams, we're never going to turn somebody away because we're full. Yeah. So that lower barrier is really important to us because we're talking about kids and moms. Exactly. And and so for the last year and a half, what we have seen, uh, and I think this uh, is really happening because of a lot of different things, but... We have seen our homeless shelter going from 20 to 40 women and children a night to back in January, uh, December, January, we were over 100, 105 people. Uh, we're averaging around that 80, 
uh, range every night. So as you can imagine, that brings a lot of stress, not only on volunteers and on our staff, but also on our building. The, the floor, the, the, the level um, that the homeless shelter is on was designed for 40 people, 50 people. Now we're seeing 80 to 100 people, if not more, uh, certain times of the year. And so we knew that something had to be done drastic. As we come back to our core values that you've talked about already, the dignity, compassion, and purpose. And so uh, we started talking and we started looking at, at not only the flaws that uh, people are sleeping on, but also during the day where they're living, and also uh, how they are being fed uh, we partner in town with the Salvation Army and they do a great job with the meals that they provide to us. And last year we served over 63,000 meals to just our homeless population. And so for us, all these things were happening. Not enough bed space, not enough place for people to have life. Uh, when they're here, kids are, are running around everywhere we don't have a kitchen to make our own meals so we can bring that dignity within the food that we serve as well. Uh, and so we made a step um, to really look at renovating part of the Dream Center. Uh, and if you've, if you've never been to the Dream Center, we have a seven-story building and, and one of the floors is a homeless shelter, the third floor. The fourth floor is... Uh, completely empty we use it for storage but is not designed in any way and there's a reason for that um, we, we've we never wanted to go in debt in at any time with this building or with what we do yeah every every time you come through the building you see something new that's been constructed a new area that we're stepping into and the, the volunteers and donors come along our side yeah and and that's how we've built the dream center mm-hmm. and uh, and so that fourth floor is sat empty. Um, again, we, we use it for storage. But Knowing that when the right need comes about, we've got the space to step into it. And, and, and we feel that need is now. Uh, and so, Brian, I want you to, to really try and uh, tell us a little bit about what, what some of the functions uh, are going to happen um, up there. But basically, we're going to turn the third floor that is the homeless shelter now into a sleeping floor um, and then the fourth floor will be more of a living space during the day when you just explain some of the things that will happen on those two floors yeah I think you know we get to do a lot of tours right a lot of people coming through and so we always share that that statistic of the average age being nine years old and we say that because we know it's going to elicit a response but you always kind of I don't know what you get but I always get almost two reactions from people that that first reaction is uh you know like a gasp like oh my goodness this is this is what homelessness looks like i had no idea and i think people get pretty discouraged when they hear that but for me the more and more i say it the reaction for me is opposite and that i think that's where all the hope is right right that yeah homelessness is a massive problem it's in our city it's in our backyard it's a big problem but uh, at the end of the day, we're dealing with moms, yeah. mainly moms with kids. And at the end of the day, moms still want to be good moms. And we're back to our core values. 
So that, that, that if we can just thing. apply those, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's not like we have to throw money at this. Right. It's not like this is a hopeless situation. We're dealing with moms that if we can help them for a moment, start to see themselves differently, see them as moms, yeah. as daughters of Christ, as 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 parents who can do this. If we can help them reestablish that mindset, boom, we can go in a new direction. So this is a space that's really about how, how do we how do we show love? How do we and show, how do we create a home? And how do we spark that purpose yeah right because we, we tell anyone who comes into the dream center uh they're really needing help you know we tell them this isn't the end result the, living at the dream center is not right. the end place we want to spark purpose in people that they can see way beyond now right we we want kids that come in to see that Messing with a motorbike or printing a t-shirt or working in a coffee area could actually spark into a real legit job and get them out of poverty. Same with the moms upstairs. We want them to see that coming here is just a stepping stone into the purpose that God's got for them. And, And that's how we we get to do this every day. We talk about it. We don't have to do this. We get to do this. It's a privilege because we're helping people on that journey, uh, and and with these flaws, we'll be able to spark that purpose. And we'll talk about you know what it looks like, but I think it's important to note also that it's not like this has been a an impulsive decision of all right, it's time yeah. to go do this. Yeah. That over the last year, you can see some things we've been doing really intentionally to figure out is this model going to work? Is it worth it to? invest 1.7 million dollars that's a pretty big investment and some things that have happened the last year that are really telling us yes this is the path to go is uh is number one we've we've been doing some kind of over the top tests of of what you know going over the top and loving people and seeing does this truly have an impact you know, yeah. we've talked about uh when we did a, a spa event for the women in the shelter this we surprised some of the women who are living in the homeless shelter with a mini spa night. They were coming for a Bible study and we just went over the top, right? Hair and facials and foot massages and, and nail polish and all that kind of stuff. And, and to see these women change as a result of that night. Um, and, and now a year later to see the success stories. I mean, we've had women that have given their life as correct to Christ as a result of this. Uh, we have seen women who have moved out of the shelter, get solid jobs as a result of that night. And you can all trace it back to just that one over-the-top uh, act of love. So we know that that works. Uh, we've we've started to test, hey, if if we built a space, would people come and be part of it? Right. It sounds right. good, but, you know, people have no shortage of things to do. Right. And so in the last... As in volunteers. Right, right yeah. Right, in the right. last two months, we put a challenge out to our volunteers of saying, hey, could we get... Uh, uh, somebody to come in every night of the month and prepare dinner at home and bring it in and serve it to our shelter. Right. And more than just have the food, could you could just sit down and have it with them. But more than bringing the food, could you sit down and do yeah. dinner? And although we still got a long ways to go of, of doing that every night, the families that have started to do that, make food at home, bring it in, uh, to see them repeat, to see them come back the next week, right. to see how their kids are engaging with the kids in our shelter to see how relationships are forming between families, you know, living in Peoria and families living in the shelter has just been amazing. And that that's what our hope is. We're hope, our hope yeah. is we build the space more that will happen. Um, and then lastly, you know, what's, what's happened down the trade school, which everybody's talking about is a great example of, um, 
you know, that was an idea we had. We believed it would have an impact. We had no volunteers to run it. But as soon as we built that space, man, volunteers have flocked yeah. to it. And all of a sudden, we got 50-plus volunteers helping. So what we're doing upstairs is is the third floor basically will stay the same. But that will just be where people sleep at night. So we've got a couple rooms that will convert from common spaces into bunk rooms but uh, and expand the showers a little bit. But basically, the third floor stays the same. How many beds will we have up there? We'll have 120 total. Yeah. So it will increase our bed count by 30. So... You know, we believe no one else will be on the floor anymore, and, right. and, and, and everybody let's will be off the floor. Let's explain that. Yeah. Um, so the way we've done it before, you know, before we hit the when we hit around the hundred, um, everyone was in a single bed. It was not a bunk bed. We had to do something drastic very quickly, and a donor stepped forward, donated thirty thousand dollars or thereabouts, and uh, we bought brand new bunk beds that doubled our capacity immediately that got everyone off the floor but now um there we will have a space where people will be able to be in a bed but if we do need to go even more we still have mats that we could get out and put them on the floor and be able to go that way that is not what we want to do um but we're ready to do it. But we're ready to do it because we will not turn anyone away. If you're listening from outside of of Illinois uh, this winter, you know, we went down to, I think it was minus 20 or something like that one night. I mean, it gets very cold. We don't want people out on the streets uh, that that could come in and we would be able to be a warming center for them but also have a place to stay. So so the, the bed situation would be on the third floor. Yep. Yep, so that's where they'll sleep at night. And then the fourth floor, which is mainly what we're renovating, will be the space that you spend during the day. That's where we do life. Um, on that floor, um, we'll have a full serving kitchen. Um, uh, instead of building the actual cooking kitchen there, the cooking kitchen is going to be built down in our old racquetball courts close to the job skill program, uh, which is where we've got space to, to not only build a full kitchen, but a full teaching kitchen so that we can involve the kids uh, in our after-school program. We can involve the moms in the shelter in preparing the food, have volunteers come in, work with them, prepare food. Um, the thought being, as long as we have them living here yep. for six months, let's let's hit every aspect of their life and let's teach them new eating habits. Let's let's teach them how to prepare healthy food. So uh, that's going to be pretty cool to have the full kitchen there and, and a serving kitchen upstairs. Um, also on that fourth floor, full eating area, enough room for volunteers to come in and, and eat dinner with them and form relationships. Uh, then we've got a living room slash kind of a teaching space uh, where people can relax as well as where we can do classes and life skill development and, and you name it. Uh, we got a separate area for the kids uh, to bring some quiet while they're playing. Uh, and even thanks to a local church that have got behind this uh, and stepped up in a big financial way. We're taking one of the rooms down in their basement and converting that to, to like a romp room, basically yeah. uh, a place that kids during the winter especially can play, get their energy out, be kids. Uh, so and that's in our old pumped. we're at, that's in our old yeah. track area. So uh, this was an old YWCA uh, YMCA building, and there was a running track, uh, and so we'll put the play area in the middle of the running track, so moms can walk while the kids are playing. Yep. So that'll be pretty cool. That will come later this year um the other thing that's going to be on the fourth floor that we're really excited about um is we will have uh three rooms with more beds 
Uh, one of those rooms will be uh, what we're calling a rescue room. Uh, we've seen a, a quite a bit of activity with regards to um, women in prostitution that are trying to get out, women that are in the sex trade, the human trafficking trade, uh, trying to just get out of certain situations. So we want to create a rescue room where that's a place where it's safe, uh, that may be away from the others for when they first come in. Uh, we're looking at getting a volunteer teams that will be essentially on a 24-hour um, call that if someone comes in uh, through the sex trafficking type of hotline or, or way that they come in, um, this team would be able to come and just love on that person, going, again, above and beyond. Yeah. Uh, so there'll be that room, and then next to that room we are going to have a a pregnancy room. That doesn't mean we're going <laughs> to give births or anything like that in there. But clarification. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyone that comes in that's homeless, we do see a lot of women that come in that are pregnant. And so we want to have a space for them that we could care for them uh, more intentionally. Uh, so again, a volunteer team that would be a 24-hour call team that if someone comes in that needs some help, advice, talking... They'll be able to come in. We're looking at working with some of the local hospitals to help us with, with that room as well. So um, trying to be a little bit more intentional in some of, the, some of the ladies that we see and really bringing that dignity back, right? If there's a, a mom who's pregnant, we, we don't want her in a room with 16 other ladies. If she's got morning sickness and finds it hard to even lift her head off the pillow because she's going to be sick, uh, we want to make sure that we're looking after her. And so that floor, uh, there's going to be a lot of activity up there, um, not just uh, with the food and with the community area. We'll also have a nurse's station up there and uh, classes and things like that for life skills and finding jobs and, and all different types of things. But we've got to do something with our building to make that happen. And you've talked about it already, uh, Brian. Uh, uh, the, the bill is going to be pretty high it's a yeah. 1.7 million dollar operation we uh this building that we're in is a 140,000 square foot building it was built in the 50s and it was built to withstand tornadoes i mean this building is probably one of the strongest buildings in peoria and with that it's hard to renovate yeah. and so uh uh it's going to cost like we said 1.7 and we are really looking for the community to step in. And we've seen it already. Um, just a few weeks ago, we were awarded a grant through the city of Peoria. They see what we do. They believe in what we do. The mayor and the council members there said, hey, well, there's a grant. And we, we applied for it like anyone else could. And we received $400,000. And that really, for us, was another confirmation yep. uh, of okay, God's blessing this, you know, in, in, in seeing money coming in in ways that we haven't ever seen before, especially that amount. And so, um, so that's really started the ball rolling. Uh, we're up to about $625,000 already raised with that. And, uh, and so... There's to, actually been some gifts this week you might not even know about, which is how it's going to happen, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, well, we've had some big gifts come in from our kind of close friends, but even just this week uh, had had money come in from uh, from Virginia. 
uh, of a local connection here uh, who knew and, and loved what was going on and shared it. And, and sure enough, money coming wow. from Virginia and uh, just had a tour today of uh, somebody coming through and wanting to learn more and leaves with a $5,000 check. So wow. it's, it's little nuggets like that that yeah. are, are getting us there. We're, yeah, we're probably, I would say we're over $650,000 wow. towards the the first phase which is a million dollars yes uh we've we've marked that as phase one because we really need to start that urgently yeah we want to complete phase one which is like the third and fourth floor remodel uh in time for the end of the year which is a really busy time yeah uh so looking for another three hundred thousand dollars so that we can start construction on that and then phase two is seven hundred thousand dollars uh which will begin fundraising for us immediately after phase one is done. And that's the kitchen yeah. and food storage. Yeah. So we'll do that in the fall and, and winter and try to complete that by um, April, April of 2020. And the cool thing with the kitchen, it's not just a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be doing, you know, it'll be a commercial kitchen that will serve the homeless shelter, but also it will serve all the kids that we feed every day uh, with our after-school program, with summer camps, with events that we do. But even more exciting is where it's going to be located, which is right next to the job trades uh, skills area that uh, uh, we've already got mechanics going and carpentry and T-shirt printing. The kitchen's going to be right next to there. And it's intentional because we also want young kids, junior highs, senior highs, to learn culinary arts and learning how to be a chef and how to cook meals and how to how to cook meals for someone who's in need and and so uh, that will be part of our trade school as well and so uh, again it all fits together Uh, but you're right with the two phases we want to really get the homeless shelters done before it really starts to get cold here in illinois uh, in december and then uh get the kitchen done by next April. So it's exciting times, Ryan. It is. Yeah, and I, I don't, I've never looked at the cross-section of who listens to these podcasts, but I'm sure it's a lot of already good friends of ours. The, the one thing I would just say to people listening is, is yeah, consider if you can help yeah. financially. That, that's what it's going to take. We don't know where the, the final gifts are going to come from. Through. So certainly if that's on your heart, man, consider partnering with us or come through and and see the space and see if this is worth your, your resources. But two, man, just start getting ready to be part of this yeah. as a volunteer. That we're, we're building this space, believing that the community will come in and be part of it. Yeah. And if the community comes together and surrounds these women and kids, we will change the direction of their lives. That's how their lives have changed already. Yeah. And so we just want to see more of it. So start preparing yourself to, to, to come in, cook dinner, sit down and eat, read bedtime stories, do Bible studies. Yeah. We as a community can rally around these families and we can get them back into stability. It, it, 91% success rate up in the apartments, yeah. right? And so the goal here is let's let's move more of these women towards that 91% success rate. Yeah. Well, Brian, thanks for chatting with us today. Yeah. And, uh, and we're going to have a, um, all the information on the website. We have a page on the website where you can go and look and see what we're doing and and even uh, give so if you're just listening like brian said and you just want to get more information or you want to come and volunteer uh we know that a lot of people that come and volunteer once they start getting close to us and getting close to poverty 
they want to be a part of that solution. And we should specifically say, consider bringing in a meal. Yeah. If you're thinking of what to do, man, uh, go on our website, dreamcenterpuri.org backslash more than food. And it might sound intimidating to make food for 60 people, but we've put some suggestions of what that could be. Uh, and even if you wanted to go to Avanti's or go to Hy-Vee, they've set aside some Dream Center packages so you can just buy it and bring it if you don't want to make it. It's not as bad as you think. That's not that many trays of lasagna. Yeah. And your perspective of homelessness will change if you come in as a Bible study or as a family or as a, a church. Um, it's going to change your perspective. So yeah. come on in and do it. Be a part of what's happening here in Peoria for sure. Good. Well, thank you, Brian, for being a part of this. And uh, again, if you're listening, check us out online at dreamcenterpuree.org uh, or go to our socials. You'll be able to check us out at Dream Center Puree, and uh, you'll be able to just keep in the loop of what's happening and get involved. Thanks again for listening to the Dream Center Peoria podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you know of anyone that would be interested in hearing about what we just talked about, we would encourage you to share this episode with them. Be sure to stay tuned for future episodes. Thanks.